0: Okay, this is interesting. Eula information. Did you know that I was once fired for being racist? What? Yeah. What? Yeah, okay. So I'm at work chatting up with a regular who happened to be white, and I acknowledge that racism is a thing.
1: Okay. Yeah, did
0: you know that racism is a thing? I... Yes. Glad you do. <laughs> so my coworker overheard, and she just was not having it, oh. and I got fired. Oh! <gasps> Yeah. But, you know, that was one of those things that taught me something. Right. That's when I started quitting jobs before I got fired. See, I turned that Uh around (laughs) because getting fired is just so embarrassing. Quitting, on the other hand, feels like a power move. You know, I can control that. Hmm. What I can't control is the core of who I am. You know, if I see something unjust or unfair, I have got to say something like it hurts my body not to speak up. And in the moment, I never think about the consequences. Well, you know, well, until I got fired a few times. <laughs> so now, when, instead of waiting until I get fired, because I'm smarter than that, <laughs> the minute I say something that I know could lead to a, you know, a pink slip, I just start looking for the one ads. Wow. Mm-hmm. How about you? Any, have you I been mean, fired?
1: I mean, I'll tell you like my worst firing story. Yeah. Okay. So one time I got fired because a coworker called me a stupid C word. What? In front of our manager. No. Who thought it was hilarious? It's not. I know. I didn't think it was funny either. And so the next day, the manager fired me. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. Okay. here's the thing, though. You said, like, you're smarter than waiting around to be fired. I was not smart enough. Like, I did not learn from that Mm. that sometimes you should quit a job. Yeah. My whole life, every job I've had, I thought that quitting meant failure. It meant I was a quitter. I was weak. I mean, like, if I'm honest, I sit here as a full-grown adult still talking to myself that way about quitting, that it means that I'm weak. Mm. I've been here at this job for 15 years, and I'm not staying because I think quitting is weak. I'm staying because I love it. I love my job. I love my coworkers. But also, the health insurance I get at this job is the health insurance my entire family uses. Right. If we have any chance of retiring it will be because of this job. Fingers crossed. Right? Fingers
0: crossed. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, I mean, and I want to be clear, like, that's not the only reason I'm staying at this job, but it's definitely part of the reason I'm staying at this job.
0: Oh, yeah. There's no way I could stay at a job for 15 years without saying something that got me fired, which is not a good look on my resume.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I feel like I just got, like, I'm a white lady, so it feels like I could I can get away with saying stuff that you might not be able to get away Absolutely. with. One. But two... This conversation feels like a false choice to me overall. Right. Like because if you choose to quit a job, you lose out on stability. Right. And you might find yourself in a worse, more sexist place. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But if you choose to stay, then you are still in the same place that may not be great for you and you lose out on whatever awesomeness might await you at that new
0: job. Like it just, no matter what you choose, you lose something. That's a sad, terrible wormhole that you're going down all by yourself, Jeannie. Don't, don't go. Stay with me. Let's think strategically about this. So how do we decide when quitting is the right tactic? I don't know. Oh, of course, I know you don't know. Well, let's talk to somebody who does and start the show. Okay, good idea.
1: This is BTSW.
0: Battle tactics for your sexist workplace. Pew, pew, pew. I'm Eula Scott Bynum
1: And I'm Jeannie Yandel. I can no longer bail out a raft with a teaspoon while those steering punch holes in it.
0: Mm, Damn, that's
1: real. Okay, so that that's something engineer Liz Fong Jones wrote in a Medium post to explain why she was quitting Google. And if you read any of The New York Times reporting on the sexual harassment scandal that led to the Google employee walkout last year, you might recognize Liz's name. She was one of their sources. By the way, Liz also tweeted out her resignation letter. That's how I found her. And I thought that was a really badass thing to do. But I assumed the reason Liz was so badass about quitting was because it was an easy decision for her. I was wrong about that. Liz really liked working at Google for the most part. She was there for 11 years. In fact, up until she wrote that resignation letter and gave her notice... She'd hoped to stay at Google and change things from the inside. If you look at her Twitter feed, you'll see she was pretty successful at organizing employees and pushing management to make changes. You'll also see that she got trolled pretty hard for it. But it wasn't the trolling that ultimately caused Liz to quit Google. And it wasn't just the sexual harassment scandal— where two male Google execs, who'd both been accused of sexual misconduct, got paid out tens of millions of dollars in exit packages. It was also that the rest of the leadership team at Google tried to keep those harassment allegations secret.
2: That was the thing that was most disgusting about this, was that not just that the conduct happened, but that the executives kind of helped each other and protected each other instead of coming clean, instead of actually implementing safeguards. Like, that was a clear sign that our leadership was no longer working in good faith. And maybe they never were to begin with.
1: At that point, Liz knew she needed to quit, but she still wasn't ready to give her notice. Instead, she
2: used medical leave and vacation time to take a couple months off. And I got halfway through that, and I was thinking to myself, I don't want to go back to work in January. Hmm. I don't want to go back to work. And that was the moment that I that I knew that I had to interview around. And that actually made the last half of my sabbatical even, you know, not restful because I was spending it in San Francisco running around interviewing. But, <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So given your experience, what would you say about quitting, like, makes it an effective tactic to deal with a sexist workplace?
2: I think that one of the most powerful things that we can do if we're encountering an unjust condition is to withhold our labor, Right. Withholding our labor doesn't necessarily have to be quitting. It can also be going on strike, right? It can also be staging public walkouts. It can also be kind of protesting against what your employer is doing in public, right? But I think that quitting sometimes is the best thing to do for your own mental health, right? Like I think that that's kind of the primary consideration more than than anything else, um, is that if a workplace is bleeding you dry and you're not getting compensated for it, Right. And you're being mistreated. You don't have to stick around for that. Yeah.
1: I want to ask, though, I mean, we actually put this question to our Facebook group, this idea of, you know, um, how do you think you're quitting as a tactic and have you used it as a tactic? Right. And so many people wrote back and said, I can't quit. That's just not an option for me. Yeah. What's your thinking on that? Like, how do you I don't even know how you do that calculus if you feel like you can't leave your job. Right. You need the paycheck. You need the stability. You need whatever it is that, provi- that 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 job
2: provides you. In a lot of cases, it's healthcare, Right. Yes. And I think that Heck yes, people, people often feel like they don't have options because it takes so much energy to interview. Right. It takes, you know, taking a day off of work to go interview. Right. And I think that that's really challenging because of the fact that we have to when you're in the middle of feeling so burnt out, coming up with that extra energy is really difficult. But if you can, right, like you know, put aside money instead of towards a vacation, right? Put aside money towards a. Um, I'm not going to swear on air, but oh, but you can you swear. Can. It's a mm-hmm. podcast. Do it. Okay, right, like an fu fund, right? Mm-hmm. Have how many of you have heard? You know, have you heard yeah, of FU yes. money? Yeah, I right? Do the good yeah. place version of swearing. It's the four Q fund. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that the four Q fund, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So if you if you put a, aside a little bit of money every, every single paycheck towards your 4Q fund, right? Like that means mm-hmm. that that means that you will, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe in a year, maybe in two years, you'll have that flexibility to quit a job without necessarily having a next job lined up, right? Or to or to, you know, have money saved up so that you can take a week of unpaid leave in order in order to to go spend that job searching or to go spend that looking after your mental health, right? Mm.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, after all of this, you ended up quitting and it worked for you, thankfully. Um, How do you suggest women think through whether quitting is viable for them? I mean, how do they decide if it's even something they can go for? And if they can, what steps do they take to get there?
2: I think that people should consider unionizing and striking first, right? It may be that if you're not the only person who's miserable in your workplace, that you can make a much better stand together if you go on strike. Because if you go on strike, they're not going to be able to immediately hire, right? Whereas if you quit, then that frees up your headcount. They'll go hire someone else who who will put up with it, right? Like. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of if you're trying to stick it to someone, right, like it's better to it's better to go on strike in a lot of ways than to quit until you get to that point of quitting for your own mental health. But, you know, if you are going to quit and you are going to try to leverage that, right, like make a list of who is quitting and for what reasons. Don't just quietly disappear. Right. Then they'll be like, oh, you know, she wasn't a culture fit. Right. Like you kind of have to make it clear why you're quitting so that it motivates people to change rather than just have things remain the same. Yeah. Make it clear to who like to them on my way out just like in my pink slip let my employer know? No, it's more of a message to your colleagues and also to people who might join that company, right? You don't want someone else to walk into that situation themselves if, unless they have no other choice. Right. I mean, you you wrote a Medium post
1: right after you left Google and you published your letter of resignation. Yeah. Is that why you did that?
2: So that anybody could see why you were leaving so they were aware too? Yeah, I don't discourage people from joining Google. I just think they should know that these things are happening and that they should think about whether they're prepared to be part of the solution while they're working there, right? You know, it sucks to be told, you know, hey, suddenly, by the way— You didn't sign up for this, but you're now working on a on a project for the Chinese Communist Party. Right. Like that. That's really sucky. As opposed to knowing in advance, this is something I might be asked to work on and I should be prepared to tell to tell them no and to reassign me to a different project. Right.
1: Yeah. How do you think through quitting as not an immediate solution, but a goal? Like what are tactics for being able to do that? That actually I have no intention of quitting my job out of rage today, but like it makes my shoulders relax a little bit when I imagine quitting is a goal rather
2: than a thing I might do in an hour. Yeah, right? Like people think about retiring, but I think that even short of thinking about retiring, people should think about having these savings over time in order to have the flexibility to work on things that make them happier, right? And I think that requires, you know, putting aside money, putting aside vacations if you you have vacations, right? If you have an employer that pays you out, aside, and limited vacation air quotes, that sucks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But, you know. Oh, because you can't get paid out for unlimited vacation. Yeah, you can't get paid out for unlimited vacation. I never thought of that. Okay, Yeah. Right. Like whereas if you have vacation saved up and you and you quit, your employer has to pay you. And that means that you have that money sitting around to, you know, pay your rent while you think about your next thing. Right.
0: But With unlimited vacation, can I quit and still get have the job technically? (laughs) No. No. Okay. Yeah. But it's unlimited. I just, not. I'm never coming back, but expect my paychecks biweekly, so.
2: No? I, I expect eventually they cut you off. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I can see. But anyways, right? Like, I, I think it's also, if you can spare the energy before you become too burnt out, Know what your options are, right? like interview around every year or two years huh. because even if it's you know it's investing a day a day or two maybe every every year right like but if you take that day and learn what's your value, right like that could teach you that hey, you're being underpaid by twenty or thirty percent right as opposed to you know hey, I feel stuck here. I feel like I have no other options and instead that transforms into the rage of I'm being underpaid by twenty percent. Here's this better job, right like and then you can have a choice,
1: yeah. This reminds me of something another friend of mine who I really, really respect. Um, she she wrote a strategic plan for her life mm. with one of the goals being quitting the job that she had that was just that was not a great place. And she basically laid out a two-year goal for herself, which I had never thought about. But it's like if you know
2: the goal is leaving, you yeah. can make decisions to
1: support that goal. yeah. Uh, and you can lay out a timeline.
2: That's why I was joking earlier about kind of it being like saving for a vacation, except for like a more longer term vacation, right? A vacation yeah. <laughs> from all of the sexism. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. There are palm trees. Uh,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> there yeah, there yeah, are no yeah. bras in sight.
1: There are no bras in sight. No bras in <laughs> no. sight. <laughs> okay. So what about staying? How can staying at a job be tactical, though? Like, what are tactics for staying at the place? I'm asking you as an 11-year veteran of Google. What do you think?
2: I think the advantages of staying are, number one, right? Like, you can work towards organizing your coworkers, right? You can work towards unionizing. You can work towards striking. But I think that even if you don't necessarily do those things, your presence at the table, right, like your existence, uh, we love to say this in the queer community, right? Ex- existence is resistance. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And I think that that's really powerful to think about is the fact that you're sitting there t- receiving those paychecks, you have that job, Right. That job isn't in the hands of someone who is less qualified and got there because of their connections, right? You are having that job because you deserved it, right? Yeah. I think that that is a powerful way to frame it is that you're not under any obligation to do it if if you can stick it out and you're just there to collect the paycheck, that's fine, right? Mm-hmm and i think the other aspect of it is if you even you know occasionally raise your voice and say hey by the way like you know don't don't do that like you know please don't say the re- word retarded in meetings right that you know please please don't use guys as a collective noun right like mm-hmm. kind of you can make things slowly better if you can make the workplace better in some small way for yourself and for the next person that is also a really great act of self love absolutely oh i love that so much mm-hmm. So what
0: tactics do you have for people for making sure we're going where we're going is better than the sexist job that you're leaving? Do you know what I mean? So often we leave somewhere that's just bad and then the next job, because we rush to it maybe, is uh, maybe even worse when it really boils down to it. What are some ways to make sure that the next place you're going isn't sex- like sexist?
2: Yep. I really love the Whisper Network. It's so fantastic, right? Like talking to other women who are working at a place already or talking to the people that have recently left a place and asking them, like, why did you leave? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I this is going to be ironic because I'm going to say great things about where I currently work, except for I'm, a, I'm less than a month in, right? Like, you know, it's that new job energy, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so kind of, you know, really the reality, you know, six or 12 months in, right? Like, talk to people who have been there for a little while and are not, you know, all starry-eyed about it, right? But for me, kind of, I wanted to go to somewhere that was led by women, that was owned by women, mm. um, where there was not a phenomenon of tokenism, Um, So I wound up going to a 30-person startup called Honeycomb, and it's founded by two women, including one queer woman, one woman of color. Uh, And the team, including the engineering team, is 50% women and 20% women of color. Beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so different. Yeah, you weren't a rarity. You weren't othered. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, feeling like you belong, like, that. that's just priceless. And, you know— even if awful stuff happens and the company goes under or whatever in a year, like, that's a year vacation from sexism, right? Right. Damn. But I think that the company is going to be more successful because of its diversity, right? Like, I don't think that that's going to transpire that, that the company gets acquired, acquired or goes under, right? Yeah. uh-. Mm -hmm. Right. This is why I don't feel bad about the Whisper Network. Right. Like, this is how we look after each other. And, you know, it's 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 more explicit than the old boys network. But it is it is a counterweight to that. How do you get to the Whisper Network? Like, (laughs) like, how do I I Google it? (laughs) Like make friends, stay in touch with people that leave your company because they yes. right like people who leave your company and are or maybe people from your school or like people right like stay in touch with those people because they kind of can point you to things that they experienced so that you don't have to learn the hard way. Yep, mm-hmm. and then
0: I mean, is it weird to to be looking for a job and to go on LinkedIn and reach out to people who are employed there now?
2: I don't think so, as long as it doesn't blow back and get back to your boss, right? Like, that's the tricky part. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Right. And that's why a lot of it is kind of more one-to-one rather, yeah. rather than, you know, posting in a large group, like, of, of 30 people, hey, by the way, I'm thinking of quitting my job. F- funny story. Um, I, you know, I I actually said in a group Slack for, like, women who are working in tech, you know, hey, I'm super excited about Honeycomb. I actually got direct message by one of the people in the chat who was like, hi, by the way, like, I'm one of your coworkers now, and, you know, I'm really excited you're here, and I promise to keep this confidential, but also I wanted you to know that I am, I am sitting in this right like yeah. yeah yeah that's
1: good information mm-hmm. that's really helpful yeah. yeah
0: so um Jeannie and i have both talked about you know fear being uh, a huge driver in our thinking around quitting or not quitting Jeannie would never quit i'm just for fear i'm
1: i'm completely freaked out by the unknown and and have never quit a job which is ridiculous but i've never quit a job and yeah. i and i on the other Wait, hand so you've been
2: at the same job for 20 years
1: no i've been let go Okay, But I've never quit a job. Wait, no, I quit one job and it's because I left the state where I had the job and moved to a different state. And that is the only time I've quit a job.
0: Yeah, which doesn't really count. You moved. Yeah. (laughs) And they told you you can't have it with you. when you, Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Where me, on the other hand, I've been willing to quit multiple jobs because I'm so afraid of I could see myself saying like this is unjust and then really getting to this whole thing where then I get fired anyways.
2: Yeah. Have you seen that flow chart of women of color enters an organization, points out the flaws, right? Like and eventually is rejected and pushed out the door. It's an amazing. Is it just me and my afro just like going on a little trip of like that like looks like the board of life? Uh, No, I think it's
0: a woman. It's a woman wearing a hijab. But yeah.
2: Damn it. It ain't me.
0: But that but I could easily fill her role. That's hilarious. Damn. You can add it to
2: the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. So um, what I was going to ask, how do you use fear tactically? I think that fear can kind of light this fire under you, right? It kind of lights this fire under you of thinking about what should I be doing differently right? like if I knew that I only had for instance, what if I knew that I only had five years left to live? how would that change my decisions right? right? Would I keep on working this job or would I go right like go pursue my dreams right like it it kind of lights this fire under you to think bigger mm-hmm. in reality we don't we only do
0: have so many days,
2: yeah. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, it's not necessarily a unknown thing if you can add certainty to it, right? Like, I knew when I turned that resignation letter into my boss on January fourth, I think, right? Like, I knew where I was going next, right? You know, I I had that offer letter in hand, right? I knew yeah. that even if they, you know, in fact, they did push me out the door a month earlier than my than my uh, intended exit date, right? Like, but I knew it'd be fine because I could, I knew when I was starting the new job.
0: I was going to say just for like a starter pack for like quitting in terms of Ooh,
1: a tactical starter pack,
0: like a tactical starter pack. So I need I need a resume in this. I'm sure <laughs> that's all I have in it so far. I need a resume. I need, um you know, some people mm. who have said some really good things about me in terms of some references. Yeah. That's not where I would
2: start. Oh, <gasps> where would you start? I would start by talking to your friends and and other former colleagues who have left, right, to understand where are they now? Do they like it? And by the way, do they have any job openings, right? You don't write the resume until you know the job that you're applying for. Right. So start with networking. Yeah. Start with networking. Start with a job in mind, right? Because. Otherwise, it's like, you know, I got to work on my resume. I'm tired. I got to work on my resume. I'm tired, right? But if it's like, you know, oh, my God, there's this dream job. I'd love to work with Jeannie again, right? Then it, then it really adds this in- excitement and incentive. Okay, I'm going to work on my resume tonight so that I can go work with Jeannie.
0: Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. That's a great idea. Oh, it's
2: so good. Okay,
0: yeah. What else? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I got, so, I, so now I have I have a – so I did some networking.
2: I have a dream job. I did my dream resume.
0: Uh, I had to get dressed for the interview.
2: Yeah, I mean, you go in an interview, right? And then you kind of have to come prepared knowing how much money should you be expecting, right? Mm -hmm. I know that at least in California, it's the law and I hope that can be made the law in more places that they have to give you the salary range for the job, right? Mm -hmm. But you can always ask, what's the salary range for this job, right? And that way you don't wind up interviewing for things that are a waste of your time, right? Yeah. And then you can ask for the top of the salary range, like ask for something that's going to make you happy. Right. And that way, you know, it it kind of gives a yes. If I get this job, I know it's going to have the money. I know that I would quit my current job and go to that new job instead. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I want to ask one more thing about the tactical starter pack. And this is a this is sort of a mental starter pack. What how should we be thinking tactically about about moving through
2: this? Anything else beyond what you've already told us, which is. I think that the main thing to do before you approach the quitting thing, or maybe in parallel with approaching the looking at your options, let's phrase it neutrally, right? Like you're looking at your options. You're not necessarily committed to quitting. It's just looking at your options, right? It's to also think about like, what are the concerns that my colleagues might have, right? Can we work on fixing this and fixing the current company in place, right?
1: I love that idea. I mean, as long as you're looking at your options, what options do you have that you might not have examined about making the place you're at better?
2: Yeah, and like funny story. Um I actually wound up considering quitting Google 4 or 5 years ago, 4 years ago. And I wound up staying actually. Um I even had a job offer in hand and it was twice two or three times as much money. And I went to Google and I said like I I love the work that I'm doing, but I I can't in good faith like you know take take half the money for it if I know someone's going to pay me twice as much. And they wound up saying you know what? We'll make the money even so that it's just about the work, right? That is an outcome that can happen, right? You know, you have to be prepared of, they might say no, they might even fire you on the spot if if you say, I have a competing job offer, right? So you have to be prepared to take that other job offer. But if you are, if there's some aspect of your job that's lacking, you and you can communicate that, you can say, I've got this other option, but I would like to stay. What will it take for you to, for, you know, can you change this?
1: Liz, I I mean, we would keep you here all day.
0: Oh, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate it.
0: It was a
2: pleasure being here. Ugh, that was so good. I know.
1: I know. Everything she said was valuable. I feel like I feel like there is a dense list of tactics that she provided. Right.
0: Over and over. I yeah, mean, right. Honestly, I, I was so impressed by how Liz, her personal experience played out so well with our questions yep. and, uh, and able to wrap up things for us. Yeah. Like the idea of how organized she was when she quit how she took the time to look and think about what she was going to next. I mean, I've never thought about what I'm going to do tomorrow, let alone Mm -hmm. the job I need to have for the rest of my life.
1: I know. I know. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about quitting as a goal or a strategic
0: move before. Mm -mm.
1: And that was really, really illuminating. I have also never thought about the Whisper Network as a positive, right? As something you can use to actually build your career for the better. I've always thought of the Whisper Network as the network that is set up to warn everybody against... Dudes and people with power who would abuse you or harass you mm-hmm. in any industry, right? But little do you know, it
0: sounds like this there's a great job available for you, Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a beautiful, opportunity I that you never... would love and they pay well.
1: I had no idea. <laughs> no.
0: Whispers could sound that good.
1: I know. It just <laughs> makes me fe- I don't know that just it makes me feel so much more positive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you could sort of deploy that kind of you could deploy that kind of information and find that stuff out for yourself. Yeah. And that the Whisper Network works like that, too. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have no dress code over here. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can see us, but you and I don't care about a dress code. No, not at all. Not at all.
0: I love the idea of walking into an interview with questions, too, for the interview process. Making yes. sure that, like, as you're applying for something, you know what you're trying to get out of it. Because I'm often thinking, like, I know I need a job to pay my bills. Yes. But I don't think as far as, like, I know I need a, a not sexist place yep. <laughs> That to pay my bills yep. and to allow for me to show up myself in yep. the workplace. because. Yeah. If I asked a few questions, I would know really quickly whether or not a place was for me or not. Totally. Mm-hmm. You would learn a little bit more about like the
1: culture and how they handle harassment allegations or like any employee complaint, right? right? And how transparent that stuff is. I know. Like that amazed me that Liz suggested that. And we've actually it's so exciting to build on knowledge that we've gotten from this show. But like we've had a guest, Keita Williams, who's talked about doing that in job interviews as well. Yeah. And Michaela Kiner, who is advising us this season. Do you remember Michaela? Oh, I love Michaela. Yeah. She's
0: really talented, smart, and kind.
1: Yeah. She's the CEO and founder of this HR consultancy called Reverb. And she's uh, writing this book called Female Firebrands. It's coming out next year. And she talked about questions you can ask, too, like whether it's about employee complaint process or about pay structure and how transparent people are with that stuff. There's just all of these questions. And we'll share those in our newsletter because there's just too many questions to sort of list here. But you can sign up by emailing us at btsw at kuow.org. And, you know, Michaela said one more thing about the Whisper Network, too, and this was sort of a caution, which is that, yes, workers have different Whisper Networks that are kind of multifaceted. You could use them in different ways. But bosses also have Whisper Networks mm-hmm. about employees like, mm-hmm. oh, Eula's applying for this job. She used to work for us. Your eyes are really big. <laughs> yeah. it's, you're assuming it's going to be bad stuff that one <laughs> boss says to another. Because we, we
0: both know the Whisper Back is like, <laughs> she's constantly late. <laughs> <laughs> She has no grasp of time. <laughs> She's a chatty Kathy. <laughs> what would your what, what would your whispers be?
1: I mean, I don't know what I don't know what somebody would say about me. Actually, I really don't know. Um, I would I will go down a wormhole right now if I try and. think I know about what your whisper
0: would be. It. Be like, she does a very good job at her job. <laughs> uh, if if you ask her to do a lot of jobs, she'll probably do them all. <laughs> <laughs> she she values feedback and uh, shows up uh, fully herself. <laughs> These are
1: great whispers. They are really good whispers. Mm-hmm. But it never occurred to me that bosses would be whispering about any of us. She, but of course <laughs> they would. Yeah, the next of course the, they would.
0: But she doesn't know how to negotiate.
1: She doesn't know how to negotiate. Yeah, that's right. You can pay her basically $12 because she doesn't know how to negotiate. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 probably a fair thing about me. But yeah, it never occurred to me that bosses would have a whisper network, too. And so, you know, that allows me to be cautious, like in a way that I hadn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was that was really helpful, too.
0: We learned so much. What we need now is a time machine to go back and figure out all those oh, jobs no. that we like hiccup through. Quit, I quit through. You yes. were fired for no reason. For yes, yeah, because I know. we would have done everything so different.
1: Yeah. Mm. Who do we know who can build a time machine?
0: Oh, not not me. No, <laughs> not me. Uh, no, I'm good at math, but it's, I don't know what time machines require.
1: Yeah. I really don't. I just know what the movies have told me. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, why don't we watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure again? Yeah. Start and then, there. Yeah. And try to find a phone booth. Totally. While we look for a phone booth. Mm-hmm. If I continue to pull my load in this uphill battle of fighting
0: sexism at work, will you pull yours? Oh, hell yeah. All day, every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. BTSW is a production of KUOW in Seattle. Our senior producer is Caroline Chamberlain-Gomez. Yay. Thanks for not quitting. Thank you. Special thanks to Michaela Giannotti, who does our newsletter.
1: Our managing producer is Brendan Sweeney. Special thanks to Michaela Kiner and Ruchika Tulshian, who have
0: been advising us this season. Love y'all. Yes. This podcast was inspired by the book Feminist Fight Club, written by Jessica Bennett. Our theme music was composed by Cassia Gordon.
1: Our graphics designer is Tio Popescu. I'm Jeannie Yandel.
0: I'm Eula Scott Bino. Keep up the good vibe. See you soon!